This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain. Dot TV slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to episode 161, part one, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank all of you, first off, for reaching out to us via email, Twitter, Telegram, uh, everywhere else you can get to us, folks. And folks have been saying that they really love the new three hour format, and they have learned so much. In the last seven to ten episodes where we expanded out to this three-hour format on the brains and the heart of the technocracy. Uh, We've talked about data, folks. That's it. Data runs this system. And we've talked about how the data is collected, how much data these madmen are collecting, how they are transmitting this data storing the data, processing the data, and analyzing the data. We've talked about how much space they need, physical space, geographical space, to house all the data that they need to run this worldwide technocratic smart planet, as they call it, the smart planet, folks. And so we broke all this down for you, and now we're going to take a break from the data centers, uh, which we wrapped up yesterday. I gave you a bunch of tools you could use if you want to go research this. Folks were reaching out yesterday and telling me after they listened to episode 158 and 59 that, yes, they've noticed these unmarked warehouses going up all around them. Uh, Someone who listens to the show, uh, Judy, who travels, it seems, quite a bit, said, She's been noticing these warehouses going up in places she's been to. And then after our reports here, she realized that these are areas where data center clusters are going up. So as I've told you, you're going to see these big warehouses being built all over the place. Go poke around. See if you can figure out what it is. Use some of the websites that I gave out yesterday in episode 160 and see if they come up. Now, if it's a top secret warehouse, a government warehouse uh, housing all this data, it may not be listed. All right. Uh, One of the websites I gave out is basically like a Zillow of data centers because a lot of these companies are trying to market their data center for businesses to house their data. 
to handle the processing of their data, to run their AI, their machine learning, their algorithms, things of that nature. So they have a public-facing image, a brand, because they're trying to get customers. But the ones that are top secret, you're not going to find them. But start to take notice of this. Uh, To be honest with you, these things are even more important, I would say, than smart poles or the 5G replicators. Yes, all this is important because it has to do with the anatomy of the technocracy, but if they don't have the data centers, they can't run their operation. The smart poles, the data sensors, the cameras, the facial recognition, license plate readers, traffic monitors, pollution monitors, all this other stuff, all the smart tech, all the devices, all the wearables, internet of bodies, internet of things, all this stuff becomes irrelevant if they can't take the data, collect it, and pipe it off to the data center. So just keep your eye out for that. Uh, We are going to move on past data centers today. We're going to circle back around in a couple days. I'm going to show you how all this 5G stuff works, all these big... uh, towers with devices hanging off them i mean at least the official narrative we're going to go through that i'm going to show you how it works how the signals are replicated uh all these little 5g panel boxes you're seeing up uh, go up all over the place we're going to break that down we're going to get into the natural resources the metals the components needed to build all this to start to try to figure out if they're actually going to run out or they're already innovating, they already have new technologies, they don't seem too worried about it to me. So I am interested in going down that path uh, and connecting this in with the research that Wide Awake Jim has done coming out of the Geological Survey of Finland, showing that they don't have enough lithium, enough nickel, enough cobalt to build all the EV batteries. That's what that study was specific to. So we're going to get into some of that. I think it's our responsibility to break this down and try to figure it out for you i don't see anyone else doing it so i like to investigate things that others haven't necessarily done yet i don't like to just regurgitate other shows information research and uh, journalistic endeavors so we're going to do that for you i've already been doing a lot of research but because it's so technical i like to take breaks in between um, and change over to other subjects So what we're going to talk about today is chat GPT. What drives Glenda? How does the technology work? We're going to look at some other artificial intelligence software that has come out. Talk a little bit about this because this is being rolled out in a consumer-driven adoption campaign at warp speed. And I'll be honest with you, as someone who has spent the last, uh, well, really since probably eighth grade, uh, interested in design, in graphics, in video editing, website building, uh, writing, uh, logo creation, brand creation, production, sculpting, uh, makeup effects, special makeup effects, all these things I've done in the last uh, 25 years of my life. So I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued by it because I'm looking at it as 
a uh, tool, just like getting Photoshop in your hands for the first time if you're a photographer or you're a graphic designer. You know, you start playing around with Photoshop, and the next thing you know, you're using Adobe Suite, you're using Illustrator to create graphics and logos, you're using Premiere to edit videos, you're using Audition to edit audio, After Effects to do complex uh, graphic packages like the ones you see in the show if you're watching pain.tv slash gold, all those little bumper videos with the dust and gold standard i create those in audition for the audio and then i create the graphics inside of uh, after effects and what one of the listeners and subscribers over at pain.tv slash gold who is uh, well aware of all the corruption and the scams and schemes and the way the world is headed they also happen to be a video gamer and every time i've done shows on augmented reality and virtual reality headsets or i've talked about artificial intelligence they write me these well thought out uh emails uh direct messages over at pain.tv slash gold unfortunately they don't want to come on the show they want to remain anonymous they'll talk to me privately but they're trying to remind me that ai is just this tool and they said it's a tool like photoshop now i see it as a double-edged sword i mean first off let me be clear i think a world without technology would be a much better place but unfortunately we find ourselves here right now and we have to operate in the world that we live in not the world we want it to be now if we want it to be something else we have to use our brains our skill sets our drive to try to change it into the world we want it to be myself personally i take the back to the future model i think the future should actually move backwards i think less technology solves the majority of our problems but now it's here they're rolling out artificial intelligence everywhere artificial intelligence chatbots like gpt artificial intelligence graphics makers image makers uh i mean they can generate photographs that aren't real all types of stuff folks and it's here and it's being rolled out at warp speed uh, as i've said because i look up and read articles on artificial intelligence when i hop on facebook to take a look and see if my family members sent anything, which is really all I, I use it for. I use it to keep them updated on Willie G without having to text, you know, 25 different family members. I will see ads that are relevant to what I searched, right? So, of course, I'm seeing all these artificial intelligence creation tools, design tools, but just the wide scope of them. Uh, I mean, I know it's targeted to me, but it's targeted to me with real companies, real apps, real software. There's hundreds now, hundreds that have been rolled out over the last, I would say, 12 months. Everything from manipulating photographs in a more advanced fashion than, let's say, Photoshop, which you're doing everything manually, uh, being able to generate graphics and logos and everything else using artificial intelligence. So it's here, folks. It's here. And so that's why we're going to talk about it, obviously, as sort of a gimmick. I've introduced Glenda to the show. She has been helpful uh, in helping us do some basic math, uh, digging a little deeper when we're doing research, and I find it to be uh, quite interesting. Of course, I respect it as a tool. What I'm concerned about is the vast majority of folks will not. It will become a way of life. And as I explained yesterday, 
It will be embedded into your child's device, and it will become the ministry of truth. You can see this. If you just use common sense here and critical thinking, you can see where they're going with it. And so instead of your child thinking and using creativity, they're going to go right to artificial intelligence. Now, I will say at this stage, as I've shown with Glenda, she was not able to write me an entire script, you know, for a debate using multiple characters and moderators that we chose, coming up with a format for the debate, coming up with different themes for each round of the debate. She was not able to accomplish that task. Now, my human writers, my former partners, we would sit in the room uh, maybe over the course of a day, a couple days, a week, and we could write a full 90-minute comedic speech, sort of like a theatrical comedy play featuring multiple political characters. And basically what would happen is each of us would be assigned a character. Uh, Like, let's say I was doing Barack Obama and Tim Waters was writing for Bill Clinton and my former partner was writing for Sarah Palin uh, and Jim Gossett was writing for Trump. And we would try to write that way. We would perform in real time and throw jokes back and forth. We'd write them down. Then each of us could go in because we were familiar with the characters and be able to write in their individual styles, in their voices, um, using their ideology so that the comedy stayed consistent now glenda i haven't fully tested yet to see if that's the case but she has her limitations so she can't just replace a human in that sense you can't say glenda write me this uh, 90 minute comedic debate and it's done at least not right now Uh, as far as ai image creation i've been playing around with a couple of programs one of them is called dolly 2 Uh, like Dolly, Uh, Dolly 2, which is also created by OpenAI, who created ChatGPT. We'll get into that tonight. And so with Dolly, again, there's limitations. Uh, What I'm finding is a lot of people that are using this, all right, there'll be some regular people that can't draw. They're not a creative. They're not a designer. They go on there. It's kind of a gimmick. They put in a couple text prompts, they generate an image, and then they get bored of it, and uh, that's it. So the majority of people I see creating really good art are people who are designers and artists to begin with, and they're using it as a tool to expand on their current set of tools, whether they're using Illustrator, Photoshop, or a pencil on paper or a paintbrush on canvas. So that's what I'm seeing when I've been researching certain blogs. It's mainly designers that are using it as a tool to expand on their current work. Uh, so what this person from pain.tv slash gold said to me, I see to be somewhat true at this point. Now, I also see in the world of chat GPT, in the world of content creators, you know, designers, creatives, I see a lot of folks are utilizing chat GPT to write blog posts. All right. So basically writers, uh, that write mundane content for websites, they're probably going to be replaced by this because they can ask chat GPT to you know, write an article about eyeliner and it's pretty much done. Uh, they don't need a human to do that. But I see a lot of folks using it to write scripts 
for TikTok videos, YouTube videos, everything else that then they can use to plug in all their Amazon affiliate links and everything else. So it is very technical in what they're doing. You have to have an understanding of marketing, search engine optimization, keyword search. So you do have to have a skill set as the human who is operating the AI and turning it into a tool to help you develop content or scripts. Uh, You can even use it to help you write programming uh, in many different languages for websites, software applications, etc. But again, you need to have a basic understanding of how all that works in order to ask chat uh, GPT to do it for you. All right. So let's say you're going to have it write a book for you. You still have to understand what it is that you're going to write if you want to produce something of value if you want to produce something that is excellent rather than just good with a lot of mistakes maybe you don't proofread it maybe the information in it isn't complete as i showed you chat gpt on its first round will not give you the complete story the complete information unless you know how to dig deeper you're not going to get that back so let's get into a deep discussion on this and by the end of the show hopefully i will be able to formulate my opinion on where this is now, where I think it's going. I have a pretty good idea already, but I want to explore this. I want to do a lot of research into this topic so that I can provide you with my assessment uh, of where this goes and how much of a threat it is to humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from the break. I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to pain.tv slash gold and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. Now, I will say right out of the gates here, I mean, and this is my real feeling on this, as I've said, right now, I think there are certain folks, creatives and such, content creators, marketers, that are using this collection of AI tools that has rolled out over the last 12 months as a set of tools. But where this is going, I believe, is that this is going to end up being the purveyor of reality, the ministry of truth. And what I mean by that is that your kids, your grandkids, folks are going to be slowly forced into this. It will be adopted because it will become a new feature built right into the smartphone, which is how they access you right away. And so instead of talking to Siri, which was pretty much useless, Uh, talking to Alexa at home, you'll be talking to a souped-up version, an Alexa, a Siri on steroids, which will talk back and forth to you just like I hooked up the voice simulator to ChatGPT and I named it Glenda. You will have a personal assistant that gives you answers to everything all the time in real time. A bunch of useless, nonsensical information in most cases because if you're not using it as a tool, it actually becomes a way of life, right? So if you're sitting down at your computer as a graphic designer, let's say, and your job is to design a logo for a new 
I don't landscaping company that is focused on, I don't know, installing geothermal technology around the neighborhood. So in normal cases as a designer, you'd go meet with the client, you figure out how they want to present themselves, what type of customers they're trying to reach, uh, what's the average annual income of the household or the customers they want, uh, what areas can you do geothermal, how are you trying to present yourself. You try to understand all this, and then you go back and you'd start working on logo compositions, maybe sketching by hand at first, giving them some ideas, then eventually bringing it into Adobe Illustrator and starting to put together uh, a set of designs uh, with colors and you can show them and now they're picking fonts and before you know it you refine it down it's got three or four options they pick one you further refine that and then they have their logo all right so you're doing that through a series of tools maybe you sketch by hand on paper or maybe you use some sort of a tablet uh, or you use some sort of device to sketch then you're using adobe illustrator you might use corel paint if that's still around a series of hardware and software. All right. Well, if you add AI to your mix of tools, right, you're still the designer. You're still meeting with the client. You're still sitting down with software, which is AI, and you're using AI to help you maybe generate 50 or 100 samples of this logo that you can start with. And 85 may be garbage. You're the designer. You're still using your skills and the inputs you're giving AI, either through the text that you're writing. Like, I'm looking to create a logo for a geothermal company. Uh, it's a mom and pop. They want to look small, but they want to look professional, right? So either text prompts or you're doing some sketches and you're loading those sketches into AI in the form of a scan or a photograph you took of your sketch or if it's a digital file. And you're using that to help AI create more versions of that show you different samples and so you can pop out renditions of that logo faster right and you're still going back to clients and in most cases a real designer is going to do all the final refinement so in that case you're using ai as a tool but for let's say non-designers non-creatives where ai now becomes a way of life Right, they're just interacting with it on their phone all day. You know, I don't. They just come up with a crazy idea. Show me a picture of a dog chewing on a, a rubber bone, and th this is what they do all day long. Like people that are not making money or income off of TikTok or Instagram, and they just get hooked on it all day long. Like the whole phase of taking the duck face selfie photos. Well, people start wasting their time right, their energy, everything else, on just talking to AI all day, uh, creating stupid graphics and useless videos and having conversations and looking up stupid facts. All day long, they're just talking back and forth with a computer. Now, the other danger that comes from this, especially in this AI chat version, is that the AI can deliver information back to you that's not necessarily true. But at the end of the day, is there really reality or is there only the perception of reality? So if AI becomes the purveyor of truth, the ministry of truth, it's giving you back information that may not necessarily be true, and who really knows what is true anymore, but it is propaganda. It's written as a narrative to manipulate you. Uh, we just think of it in terms of, say, politics, if it wants to drive you one way or the other. Put it in simple terms. I don't believe in this. But let's say we live in the right-left paradigm. 
And let's say the liberals run everything, they've taken over the country, they're communists and socialists, and they control AI, then all the answers that comes back to you are going to be written with a leftist, communist, socialist, Marxist, progressive slant. Right. And so everything that comes through will be what we would call woke. Right. It would be woke. So your kid is going to be learning everything from a woke slant. And that could be done the other way as well. All right. If you want to look at Hitler as a as a fascist and he came from the right, even though I know he was a socialist from the left. But this is how people perceive it because of what propaganda over the years. All of a sudden, Hitler now controls it. All the answers are going to be written to you with Hitler's slant, with his bias, all right, from his subjective viewpoint. Uh, and that's the dangers uh, with AI and where it's going. So if you're sitting around all day talking to Siri or Alexa or Glenda, and it is all being driven out of what is a collection of data, we will call that the AI hive mind which is where they're going with all of this that comes from ray kurzweil's work creating an ai hive mind which is a collection of all of our thoughts all of our knowledge all of our experiences all of our photos all of our videos that we upload all of our google searches you know we talk about the ability for these guys to put a brain chip in our head and suck all that out of our head we've been giving it up with all of our interactions what do you think all the data is that we're collecting on every single person in this world every day. We are building the library, the encyclopedia, the data sets that AI needs to be able to have these conversations, as we'll break down uh, here today. So that's where I see that's going. And eventually, the AI will talk to your kid or your grandkid, not through the phone, not through the tablet, but through smart earbuds which already exist through ar goggles through vr goggles through an eventual brain chip inside the head if these guys have their wish so instead of you doing the thinking now it's ai doing the thinking and again if you're a designer or creative or an engineer or scientist or whatever else and you're using artificial intelligence as a tool to help you streamline the process of doing whatever it is you're doing. It's then a tool. You're doing the thinking. You're the creative. You're just having AI generate images and drawings or faster blog posts. But in the end, they came from your ideas. You train this AI, which we'll go over tonight, to be able to write in your style, to be able to design in your style. So it is your product. But for the average person walking around, it will just become a way of life. It's like, folks who used the smartphone when i originally got an iphone back in what 2007 or 2009 when they came out i was in that corporate entertainment business and so i saw the iphone i go wow what a great tool i could take photos on it i could shoot videos on it i can connect that right up and release that stuff on facebook so i saw it as a tool not as a way of life not as a way of life, but all of a sudden it becomes a way of life for the vast majority of people that don't respect it as a tool or don't understand that it is a tool. And see, this is where the dangers of technology come from, that the vast majority of people get drawn into it and it becomes a culture. As I said before on other shows, one of the reasons why these folks have used demographic warfare in the United States and around the world is to destroy culture. Right, So in Europe, they want to destroy the Italian culture, the French culture, the Polish culture. They want that gone. Here in the United States, we used to celebrate 
our heritage under the banner of the American flag. And we had a shared common culture here. They wanted to tear that down because it's been replaced with technology. The shared culture of the world is technology, which is why they're pushing in part, to connect the rest of the folks up to the internet and to the cloud, the remaining one-third of the world's population. They need them embedded in, included in, this culture of technology because that's the shared common culture of the world. You, as an American, that the rest of the world sees as a fat McDonald-eating cowboy, go over to Africa to a mud hut. They want the guy who walks out with the rings on his neck and the plate in his lap to also be holding the iPhone or also have a brain chip. At that point, you would have one. And this is our shared culture, technology. You don't have to agree on anything else. You are controlled by this system because you have adopted the culture of technology. And also, coming out of that allows them then to further control you through central bank digital currency, which that becomes part of the culture as well if we're all on the same monetary system. And that's how this works, folks. That's how this works. And then all of us will be getting answers back from our personalized AI uh, assistant or what will eventually become our digital twin that lives in the cloud. So maybe us talking to ourselves, uh, we open the doors to what I've gotten into on this show, this AI antichrist, this all-knowing character that comes to you, but it's AI. And so it can then manipulate you, and it can manipulate each of us individually, as Glenda has even told us. Yes, they can create personalized choose-your-own-adventure propaganda aimed at manipulating each person based on how the algorithms read your personality, your emotions, and it knows how to manipulate you in real time. And so it can push all of us towards the same conclusion on certain subjects. It can push some of us one way, some the other way, and get us fighting with each other. It's very complex. And so that's where I see the dangers in all of this. Yes, I understand to the person at pain.tv slash gold, as a designer, as a creative, it is a great tool. If that's where it stopped, but see, this is what I brought up before about the line. Where is the line in the sand? There is no real debate about the ethics of this stuff. There are no real principles behind any of this. Okay, Elon Musk and Peter Thiel that are the front men for the state that are developing all this stuff are not doing it so that me as a creative or you as a designer can sit there and streamline our logo workload, all right? That is an unintended consequence of these AI systems. The real goals behind this are what I just explained. This becoming the ministry of truth and a complete and total distraction as it becomes part of people's everyday life, it replaces living in the real world as they start to interact with AI, which is just delivering you personalized propaganda and a personalized experience living inside this metaverse all day long. That's how I see it, folks. Now, let's get into this, and then we'll break it down, and we'll talk about it again at the end of the show and see if I change my mind on this but right now that's how i see it i do not believe this is being designed to help out designers although that's the first step in this this is what begins the adoption 
This is what is happening in the first phase, just like them saying they want to put Neuralink brain chips inside people's heads to cure dementia. That's the first step. The next step is to put it in everyone's head to be able to control them and talk to them right into their brain through a program like Glenda. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 